With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Oklahoma Sooners back in Norman this weekend hosting the struggling West Virginia Mountaineers. And don't let the distractions, well, don't let them distract you. What's up, everybody? I'm Matt Hofeld with Sooner Nation Podcast, the online podcast for Heartland Sports. Heartland-sports.com is where you can find our content on the internet. Oklahoma gets ready to play West Virginia. Uh, you know, the Sooners right now, it's no secret, the Sooners have a a stranglehold, if you will, on the Big 12 Conference. They're well on their way to another conference championship appearance and most likely another conference championship trophy going in to the Switzer Center there in Norman. But when with success, you know, it comes all kinds of rumors, all kinds of um, all kinds of, of issues and struggles. And when I say struggles, I mean struggles like this. Opposing teams conference teams <coughs> looking your way Texas are negatively recruiting against the University of Oklahoma on the standpoint that Lincoln Riley is on his way to the NFL and if you listen to guys like uh, I don't know Colin Cowherd you listen to some of the other talking heads even you know listen to to NFL broadcast on Sunday it's no secret no doubt that Lincoln Riley's name is being mentioned in conjunction with NFL openings and Oklahoma fan needs to brace themselves. I mean, we, and I'm throwing myself in there need to get ready for a wave of NFL speculation and rumors and even offers bigger than what we've ever seen before or experienced before with Lincoln Riley as Oklahoma's head coach. Now, the first thing you need to note on this is that this is nothing new. I mean, it, w- again, when you talk about the most successful program in the conference, one of the most successful programs in the nation, people want to know about your coach. People want to know about his availability. They, they, they want to know how would he fit in what we're trying to accomplish as an NFL franchise. You had these rumors all the time with Bob Stoops. And now they're going to car- start coming with Lincoln Riley. But the thing is, is they're going to come hard this offseason because you look across the landscape of the NFL and you've got some teams out there that are really hurting. The Washington Redskins have, have already parted ways with Jay Gruden. They're, they're looking for a head coach. Jason Garrett does not have a contract with the Dallas Cowboys. You've got teams out there like the Miami Dolphins who were clearly tanking. And first team, you know, the Dolphins, you know, full disclosure again, 
Miami is my favorite NFL team. Has been since I was a kid. I grew up on Dan Marino. Dan Marino was the first sports hero I ever idolized. But the Dolphins, the only team in NFL history to go undefeated, on their way to being the only, obviously the only team in NFL history to go undefeated and then winless. Uh, that's that's coming as the Dolphins stand 0-5. But the Dolphins are also the first team in the NFL to ever tank, tank for a draft pick, whether that be Tua or somebody else, you know, People down here in this part of the country would say Jalen Hurts. The Dolphins sit at 0-5. And whenever you tank, there's got to be a scapegoat. Got to be a scapegoat somewhere in that organization. You go 0-16, you go 1-15, you go 2-14. Whatever you got to do to get that first overall pick in the draft, someone's got to be the scapegoat. And it's not like the Dolphins are all by themselves in, in the NFL just being awful. Cincinnati sitting there 0 and 6. 0 and 6. You got another another Oklahoma connection there with Zach Taylor. The Atlanta Falcons 1 and 5. What I'm saying is the NFL is going to come after Lincoln Riley and they're going to come after hard. And the thing and you look at what what what's going on out in Arizona. Here's what you need to watch. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you need to watch the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray right now sitting 2 3 and 1. On the season, Cardinals hanging in there in the NFC West. And they, I mean, it's a tough division. They've got San Francisco and Seattle at the top of that division. The Rams aren't a slouch. But watch what Cliff Kingsbury does. It's not, it's not about Kyler Murray. Every Oklahoma fan wants Kyler Murray to, to do well. Oklahoma, Oklahoma fans and, and college football fans in general feel like their guy has to be validated. You know, because everybody's got a everybody's got an opinion. That's that's why podcasts like this, Heartland Sports, that's why they work. That's that's why we have the the Vivid Seat Studios because uh, enough people are tuning in because they want to know what our opinion is. And by the way, we thank you for that. We we appreciate what you're uh, what you're providing us the opportunity to, to do. But everybody's got an opinion. And, and when your guy, when when your guy wins the Heisman Trophy, there's 25 other opinions out there about another guy who should have won it. So Oklahoma fans, obviously, you want to cheer for Arizona. You you want Kyler Murray to do well. But you got to keep an eye on Cliff Kingsbury. And the more success that Cliff Kingsbury has in the NFL, the more value a guy like Lincoln Riley gets. His stock with with every win, with every with every innovative offensive move, with every Kyler Murray touchdown, Lincoln Riley's stock rises in the NFL. Why is that? Well, Cliff Kingsbury is known as an offensive genius, but he's not as good. He's not as innovative as Lincoln Riley. So that's why it just makes sense that Jerry Jones is going to make a phone call to Lincoln Riley. That's why it makes sense the Miami Dolphins might jump in there and just, hey, let's have a conversation. Who wouldn't want to move to South Florida? I, I love Norman, Oklahoma. Sooner born, sooner bred. But come on, South Florida? Don't you listen to that? So the rumors are swirling. That coaches in the Big 12 Conference are negatively recruiting against Lincoln Riley because he's off to the NFL. And when you have guys on 
like Colin Cowherd, go on the radio, go on TV and say, yes, Lincoln Riley will be the next Dallas Cowboys head coach. All it does is it kind of puts some fodder to those rumors. I mean, that's a terrible way to recruit, if you want my opinion. I mean, you're, you're Coach X. You can't beat Oklahoma. So you go to recruit Y and you say, hey, I know you're thinking about us and I know you're thinking about Oklahoma. And I know we didn't beat the Sooners. But what you need to know is Lincoln Riley is going to the NFL. Lincoln Riley is a good coach. He's NFL bound. So you're saying that thinking that potentially you'll spur that recruit to your program and not to Norman because uncertainty about the coaching situation. But really, what I mean, aren't you really just saying hey, he's the best coach in the conference? Don't go play for him. He's the best coach in the conference. Come play for me. One of these days, I'll be the best coach in the conference. Maybe. If Lincoln Riley ever leaves, I become the best coach in the Big 12. Maybe, depending on, on, on who Joe Stiglione hires next. What if Lincoln Riley goes to NFL and Alex Grinch becomes the next head coach? I mean, that's, that's not act like that's far-fetched. Right? I mean, how long was Lincoln Riley in Norman before uh, suddenly he's the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners? So let's let's not pretend like something like that couldn't happen. And have we not seen enough from Alex Grinch to not think he has as much passion and poise and resolve as Lincoln Riley does? I mean, look what he's done with his defense through six, well, seven weeks, six games of the college football season. Are we just going to automatically assume Tom Herman, Mike Gundy? become the top coaches in the Big 12 if, if Lincoln Riley bolts? I, I would think that Lincoln, that, I mean, I'm just, again, I, I'm a nobody, okay? But I would think it, Alex Grinch probably gets a, a, a conversation with Joe Castiglione in that situation. Alex, we, we've seen what you've done with the defensive recruiting. Alex, we've seen how you've motivated this defense unlike anybody else ever. Can you deal with an entire team? Can you recruit at this level, at, you know, across the board, not just on the defensive side of the ball? I think that answer determines who Oklahoma's next coach would be. But I also don't think Lincoln Riley's going anywhere. I don't see him leaving right now, particularly to the Dallas Cowboys. This may, this may hurt some diehard Dallas Cowboy fans. But it's real. I mean, it's truth. Jerry Jones wants, he wants a puppet. He wants a mouthpiece for the franchise. Jerry Jones wants a head coach that's going to do what he says to do personnel-wise. You're going to play this guy. He's going to be your, your he's going to be your, your, you know, your starting quarterback. Not like there's any other options there. But just as an example, these are the receivers you're going to put on the field. Personnel, we're going to go get this guy, offense and defense, and you're going to play him. Oh, and by the way, you're going to talk about what an amazing owner I am and how awesome the Dallas Cowboys are. That's why it's not working in Dallas right now. And it hasn't worked. 
Jerry Jones got tired of Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer getting all the credit for the franchise that he literally bought and built with his own money, but he's never coached. It came to a head with Bill Parcells being there. Jason Garrett has become the puppet. But again, there's got to be a fall guy. Dallas Cowboys haven't beaten anyone since they beat the Miami Dolphins. That includes the New York Jets, who they just lost to. There's going to be a fall guy in Dallas. There will be a coaching change. No, Jerry Jones said he's not going to fire Jason Garrett. But he doesn't have to fire Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett doesn't have a contract beyond this season. Is it technically firing somebody if you just say, hey, buddy, contract's up. Thanks for your time. You know, go enjoy retirement. Go to the broadcast booth. Go somewhere else. Just not here. It's not firing a coach. It's just not renewing a contract. Jerry Jones isn't lying in that situation. There's a greater chance that there's another coach walking that sideline next year in Dallas other than Jason Garrett. But that coach will not be Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley is not a yes man. Lincoln Riley is not a puppet of a coach. Guy is innovative. He has his opinions. He knows his personnel. By the way, you know who else doesn't have a contract in Dallas? Dak Prescott. You think Jerry Jones is going to come to Lincoln Riley and say, hey, Dak Prescott's our guy. I want you to turn Dak Prescott into Baker Mayfield. I want you to turn Dak Prescott into Kyler Murray. I want you to do with Dak Prescott what you do with Jalen Hurts. He's the guy I'm giving you. Nah, I don't think so. Lincoln Riley picked Baker Mayfield. Lincoln Riley picked Kyler Murray. Lincoln Riley picked Jalen Hurts. He didn't pick Dak Prescott. You can't just give him, you can't give him something and said, make this into what you what you did previously. I'm, I'm avoiding saying you can't give him a lemon and tell him to make lemonade out of it. And that's what Jerry Jones wants. But think, think about these, other, just in general. I mean, by the way, Lincoln Rides already said about the Washington Redskins job. Even if I was interested in the NFL, I'm not interested in Washington. You got more ownership problems there with Dan Snyder than you have with Jerry Jones almost. Let's talk about job security. Lincoln Riley kind of, he writes his own ticket in Norman. No, he's not won the national championships like Bob Stoops did. But there's, I mean, find me a coach that's had as much success in the first two years as captain of the ship than what Lincoln Riley has. Yeah, I know Bob Stoops, I, I get it. Bob Stoops won the national championship in his second year. I get it. I'm not a Bob Stoops detractor. I'm a Bob Stoops fan. Come on, man. There's momentum in Norman. There is zero pressure on Lincoln Riley. And think about how far this team would have to fall for there suddenly to be pressure on him. The only pressure he's ever felt was this time last year when he had to get rid of Mike Stoops. But all that did was give Lincoln Riley more leeway. I mean, he made the right call. You got rid of Mike Stoops. More leeway. You made the right call. You hired Alex Grinch. More leeway. The job security is, in the, is not in the NFL. It's right in Norman, Oklahoma, where Lincoln Riley is currently residing. 
And here's the other thing you got to consider about Lincoln Riley and in, in regards to the NFL. Lincoln Riley, he, he loves the game. I'm not just talking about the X's and the O's. I'm talking about recruiting. This guy digs recruiting. He's active on both sides of the ball. Think about the defensive recruits that came on the 2019 class. Excuse me, 2018 class. Well, I guess it was 2019. They could sign in December. So does that make them 2018 or 2019? It makes them 2019. Next class is 2020. But think about, think about the defensive recruits that signed in this class when Oklahoma didn't even have a defensive coordinator. Who was instrumental in that? Lincoln Riley. The guy loves recruiting. He loves selling his program. He loves looking at a kid and saying, this is who you are, but this is who I can turn you into. Have you seen CeeDee Lamb play? You remember Marquise Brown? Have you seen Kyler Murray? Have you seen Baker Mayfield? Are you watching what we're doing with Jalen Hurts? He loves that. You don't get to do that in the NFL. In the NFL, it's not about facilities. It's not about success. It's not about systems. In the NFL, it's about money. It's all about money in the NFL. Some would say it's kind of like coaching in the Pac-12, I guess. Okay, that was a joke that went over a lot of your heads, but some of you guys are laughing at that. Look at the quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley has groomed. And that's honestly, that's why he's going to be a big draw in the NFL. Could Lincoln Riley make Dak Prescott better? Absolutely he could. But is that what Lincoln Riley wants to do? Or does Lincoln Riley want to invest in a guy like Spencer Rattler? Does he want to keep building guys like he's done with Jalen Hurts? Remember, Jalen Hurts wasn't a good passer. Jalen Hurts was a good athlete. He was a good leader. He had character. Team player, but he's not a good passer. Well, I mean, Lincoln Riley has dispelled that rumor. I mean, this this guy is living the dream right now. He, he's a master at play calling. All, all these things that the NFL takes away from you, they're the things that Lincoln Riley thrives on. And Truthfully, I, I mean, look, it, will he ever go to the NFL? I, I'm, I'm not naive enough to say no, he'll never go to the NFL. But he's a young, energetic, successful coach at the University of Oklahoma, which is one of the top programs in the country. He owns the Big 12. He forces Texas to bow down to him. By the way, you keep your horns up. And Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley will keep the golden hat and the Big 12 championship trophy. Yeah, it makes sense why Big 12 coaches are recruiting against him in that way. Makes sense. But hey, if I'm a kid, I'm trying to figure out why I want to go play ball. And Lincoln Riley's on my doorstep. Regardless of whether he's heading to Dallas or Washington or Miami or wherever, I'm having a conversation with him. And I'm giving him the opportunity to give me a sales pitch. 
probably the most overlooked thing about Lincoln Riley to the NFL, the overlooked thing about these rumors is the legacy that Lincoln Riley's building. It's just going to keep growing. I don't, I don't think the national championship is going to elude Lincoln Riley forever. I don't think it is. And I also don't think he's going to coach anywhere else, at least until he has one, which could be this season. Sooners looking to go 7-0 this weekend as they host the West Virginia Mountaineers. We need to talk about that. Oklahoma, West Virginia, 11 a.m. kickoff. I know Oklahoma fans just love those early bird kickoffs. Yes, that's my sarcastic voice I'm using. But the truth is, I mean, here's let's let's be honest for just a second. You get up, you go to the game, and if you live in the metro area, you're home in time to see the second half of the 2:30 game. You got all day of football still ahead of you. It's not that bad. But you do got to get up and go down early. I mean, if you're if you're going to the game, if you're actually going to the game, yeah, you have all afternoon, all the evening games. You live in Norman, you live in Moore, you live in Midwest City, you live in Edmond, you live in Yukon or Mustang. If you're somewhere around the metro area, you get all afternoon. You get all evening. I mean, uh, let's be honest. If you if you live in Tulsa or Miami. If you live in Ada or Ardmore, if you live out west in Weatherford, you know, I'm trying to, honestly, I'm trying to think of something east on I-40. You live in Eufaula, <laughs> it's an all-day thing anyway. It doesn't matter what time kickoff is, it's all day. Yeah, you got to get up early to come in for that, you know, that 11 a.m. kick. You got to get up even earlier. I get that. Okay, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, the 11 a. I mean, I don't know. You, you can make arguments back and forth. By the way, if you don't have uh, tickets, it is homecoming. Vivid Seats is your answer. We're partnering with Vivid Seats. If you um, if you use the promo code Overtime, that's for Overtime Media, the who we, we podcast through. You use the promo code Overtime, O V E R T I M E. Vivid Seats is going to help you out and get you some money back on your tickets. It's homecoming weekend. Who don't want to be there for homecoming weekend? Vivid Seats is your answer with that. How's Oklahoma going to face the West Virginia Mountaineers? What is what is the game plan here? You've got it, you, and, and everyone's watching this game because Oklahoma had such a, a dynamic display against the Texas Longhorns. Did they leave it all in Dallas, or is this something that they're going to be able to build momentum off of? Is this something that's going to set them? Remember 2000? The, uh, I mean, you got to go back to the last national championship game, right? The last national championship season, I guess. The, the Red River rivalry, Red River shootout. I still like to call it the shootout. Now they call it the Red River showdown. That game, that win over Texas. By the way, I remember the score because that's the first OU Texas game I went to where OU actually won. 63-14 to 14 was your final in that game. But that game gave Oklahoma the momentum to carry them through the remainder of the season undefeated. I moved them on into the national championship game against Florida State. 
And that momentum really it had been building through the first month of the season, through the month of September. And then when they went to Texas and they beat the Longhorns in the Cotton Bowl, it projectiled this team out across the Big 12 and into the national championship game. It was the key spark in that national championship run. We'll, we'll know Saturday morning by probably 12.30. I guess that's not Saturday morning anymore. Technically, that's Saturday afternoon. But we'll know by 12.30. We'll know an hour and a half into this game. As it's approaching halftime, we will know whether this was a spark that launched them through the remainder of the season or whether they're kind of hung over a little bit. Now, historically, Oklahoma doesn't come into the game after the Red River rivalry punch drunk. Historically, they don't do that. Historically, they go in and they win. I think they've, since Bob Stoops became the head coach, I think they've lost one time. It's Kansas State, if I remember. And you're playing a West Virginia team that's hurting. You know, everybody has an opinion on Dana Holgerson, and I have mine. But the thing about Dana Holgerson is he's not a dummy. Dana Holgerson saw what he had in the cupboard. He saw a million dollars a season that Houston was offering him. And he's thinking, man, if I got to go build something, a rebuild, if you're talking about West Virginia, when I get paid a million dollars to do it, Mountaineers aren't going to pay me a million dollars. So Dana Holgerson leaves, goes to goes to Houston, million dollars a season, and the Brown, you know, new head coach, has an empty cupboard. Austin Kendall, I mean, you got you got to love the kid. All he ever did at Oklahoma was was wait. But Austin Kendall's got no tools to work with. So if you're Oklahoma's defense getting ready to go against Austin Kendall, maybe the Austin Kendall-less Mountaineer offense, what you've got to do is you've got to bring the pressure. you got to do to Austin Kendall or whoever exactly what you did to Sam Ellinger last week. Bring pressure up the middle. If West Virginia and, and, and Texas have something in common, it's the lack of a rushing attack. So when you don't have a rushing attack, man, you bring the pressure right up the middle. Now think about this for just a second. I mean, Austin Kendall, most Oklahoma fans have nothing but respect for Austin Kendall, but this weekend, Austin Kendall is in the West Virginia uniform. He's wearing the blue and gold. You pressure him. The guy was injured last week against Iowa State. He's questionable for this week. If he plays, you have to wonder what is his mindset like? Physically, is he 100%? Mentally, is he 100%? As you look at Austin Kendall, you got to pressure the kid. Here's the other thing. Austin Kendall's turned the ball over quite a bit this season. Threw four interceptions against Texas two weeks ago. Now think about that for just a second. Just let that sink in. We don't need to rehash and, and discuss, again, how bad Texas is defensively. All right, we, we, don't, we don't. 
I think the point has been made. It was made before last Saturday's game at the Cotton Bowl, and it was definitely, you know, exemplified in that game. But that defense got four turnovers off of Austin Kendall. Why? Because of pressure. So you've got potentially a quarterback who's not 100% physically, maybe not 100% mentally, once you have a pectoral injury, well, any injury in that matter, in that regard, but a pectoral injury, I mean, if it, that's something that, that you feel it every time you throw the football. You also feel it every time you take a hit, every time you're driven into the ground. You can't play football with a pectoral injury and not feel it. That's why I don't think Austin Kendall's going to play. But if he does play, you want him looking over his shoulder. You want him, you want him making that hot read. You want him getting rid of the ball because the more pressure you bring, the worse he's going to perform. And he stopped the run. I mean, you just stopped the run. West Virginia has struggled to run the ball. Oklahoma needs to hold the Mountaineers to less than 100 yards rushing. I mean, that's, it's that simple. It really is that simple. West Virginia should not have more than 100 rushing yards against the Sooners. And if they do, I'm, I'm just going to say it's a disappointment. As, as fun as last week was, Texas got exactly 100 yards. Texas. They've got a good quarterback. Their quarterback wasn't injured the week before. Their quarterback didn't throw four interceptions two weeks ago. West Virginia should not have 100-plus yards against this Oklahoma defense. They just shouldn't. And if they do, it'll be a disappointment. But, it's, I mean, it's not gonna, it doesn't mean they're going to lose. Oklahoma does, is not going to lose this game if West Virginia gives up, if West Virginia gains more than 100 yards on the ground. It's not a deal breaker, kind of like it would have been against Texas. Because I think turnovers are going to play a role in this game. It's been a while, guys. Speed defense was on dis full display Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. Full display. If you didn't believe, and I, and I said this, I said this last Saturday. You made a believer out of me. If you did not believe in the speed defense before that game, you got to believe in it now. How can you not? But Alex Grinch has made a big deal about the turnovers. And it's been a while. It's been a while since they nabbed one of those bad boys. Two weeks in, two weeks in counting. So just to recap here, if you're Oklahoma's defense, you want to bring pressure, bring it up the middle. Put pressure on Austin Kendall. And, and here's the thing. I, I guess over, I overlooked this part or I skipped it. If it's not Austin Kendall, it's a backup quarterback. Yeah, he got playing time against Iowa State. And Iowa State's a pretty good defense as well. He's still a backup quarterback. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's just put this in perspective, right? Everybody's big on Spencer Rattler right now. And why wouldn't you be? Five-star recruit. He's got a good arm, extremely athletic, seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Do you want Spencer Rattler starting against the Texas Longhorns last week in the Cotton Bowl, or do you want Jalen Hurts? Yeah, you know, there's a reason why you want your starter in the game. 
the reason why you want your starter going at it because he's the best quarterback on the roster. And as high as we are on Spencer Rattler, this is Jalen Hurts' team. You want Jalen Hurts out there. You never want the backup. You, you never want QB2 with playing significant time with the game still in doubt. So if, if, if Austin Kendall's not good to go, it does not change your game plan. In fact, if Austin Kendall's not good to go, I, I think it amps up the pressure you want to bring. It's even more important to get pressure if Austin Kendall's not good to go. Bring pressure. Stop the run. And get some turnovers. That's as simple as it gets of a defensive game plan, but that's all you need if you're the Oklahoma Sooners going into this game Saturday morning. Feed off the crowd. It's homecoming. You're going to have the alumni band out there, guys. The alumni cheerleaders. Are the alumni cheerleaders not fun to watch? I mean, you always got that, you know, that that 40-year-old lady out there. She thinks she's got perfect form doing the alumni cheerleader routine. Yeah, someone's going to get mad about me saying that, but whatever. You know I'm right. What about Oklahoma's offense versus the West Virginia defense? You know, West Virginia's defense this season giving up 30.3 points per game. Oklahoma, by the way, scoring, scoring just over 50 points a game. Mountaineers are allowing 174.8 rushing yards a game, nearly 175 yards per game on the ground. Sooners 286 yards per game on average on the ground. Mountaineers giving up 207 passing yards. Don't don't get confused here and think that they've got a good pass defense. The reason why they're only giving up just over 200 yards a game through the air is because they're terrible against the run. So why pass when you don't have to? By the way, Jalen Hurts and company just averaged in a measly 335 passing yards per game. So if you're Lincoln Riley, how do you attack this defense? I, I think it's pretty simple. You run the ball. You just run the ball at them. This this defense that West Virginia is going to bring to Norman on Saturday is going to mimic a lot of defenses down the road for Oklahoma this season. They're going to have the same conundrum that Baylor's going to have. I know Baylor's 6-0. I think they're going to go 7-0. I think they're going to go into homecoming in Stillwater and kind of you know, spoil the party, so to speak. But this defense that West Virginia is going to bring to Norman is going to, is going to present a, a conundrum that Baylor's going to have, that Oklahoma State's going to have, that Kansas State is going to have. There's not a lot of defenses that are built in the Big 12 to handle what Oklahoma's offense is going to bring. I think TCU, you know, TCU is going to struggle against Oklahoma, but TCU is going to, they're, they're, they're pretty solid. Iowa State, I think, is pretty solid. Man, when you're giving up a ton of running yards, when, when your opponents are gashing you on the ground, what do you do to stop Jalen Hurts? Because you're not going to be able to stop Kennedy Brooks. You're not going to be able to stop Trey Sermon. You're not going to be able to stop Ramondre Stevenson. 
You're not going to be able to stop TJ Pledger. This, this four-headed monster of a rushing attack that Oklahoma brings is coming full bear at the West Virginia defense. And you've got to put all your eggs in that basket, or you've got to say, okay, beat us on the ground. That's what everybody else does. We're just not going to let Jalen Hurts have 300 yards passing. Th- those are your only options here. If you, if you try to stop Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon, Jalen Hurts is going to own you. If you try to limit Jalen Hurts, then Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon are going to own you. That's the struggle of facing this Oklahoma offense. And if you're Lincoln Riley, you've got a green light to run the ball. Run the ball. Just run it. That's all you got to do. Doesn't mean that's all they're going to do. I just mean it's all they've got to do. You know, another thing Oklahoma has got to do on Saturday is they've got to protect the football. We need to see Jalen Hurts. Uh, look, again, you got to be careful when you talk and people listen because it's easy for things to be misconstrued. You got nothing but good things to say about Jalen Hurts. Like every other Oklahoma fan, I, I'm grateful that as a graduate transfer, he chose to come to the University of Oklahoma. Nothing but love for this kid. But he's got to make some better decisions. He's got to make better decisions with the ball. You realize that Jalen Hurts is the only guy on this team right now that has a turnover? You realize that? Every fumble, Jalen Hurts. Obviously, every interception, Jalen Hurts, even the backup quarterbacks have not turned the ball over yet. Jalen Hurts has turned the ball over, and no one else has. And when you talk about this team and you talk about Jalen Hurts, you got to talk about the turnovers. I think this is a game where you, if you're Lincoln Riley, you like Jalen. Look, buddy, um, there's no pressure here. No pressure on this game. You don't have to make every play. You don't have to make everything happen. Jalen, there's going to be play. There's going to be games still in our schedule this season. Well, you're, we're going to rely heavily upon you. You're going to have to make the plays. You're going to have to make things happen for us. But this isn't one of those games, Jalen. So take the pressure off and just do your thing. It's all right to throw the ball out of bounds. It's okay to slide. You know, throw it out of the back of the end zone. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm saying, Jalen, I want you to work this game on not forcing anything. And I'm okay as an Oklahoma fan if I see a little bit more of a reserve Jalen Hurts. I'm okay if I see him more along the lines of what we saw against the Houston Cougars, where he just tucks and runs. Don't force it, tuck and run. I'm okay with that. Because we got to talk about the turnovers. So you want to run the football, if you're Lincoln Riley, just run it. Oklahoma is probably, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, probably going to have two 100-yard running backs. Or maybe one 100-yard running back and Jalen Hurts with 100 yards. They're going to have two 100-yard rushers. It's going to happen. They could have three. This could be a game where Kennedy Brooks and 
Trey Sermon or Ramondre Stevenson and Jalen Hurts. So you got two running backs out of those. You pick that group. Two of those running backs and Jalen Hurts goes over 100. It could happen. Again, keep in mind that you're talking about an Oklahoma offense that's averaging almost 300 yards a game on the ground. Going up a very, very bad, very bad West Virginia run defense. And then the final thing you got to do is, is you got you to take advantage of downfield shots. They're going to be there. Those downfield shots are going to be there. Whenever you're able to run the ball, it opens up downfield shots. Now, Oklahoma's without Grant Calcaterra again, second week in a row, undisclosed injury. You've heard uh, concussion. You've heard shoulder. You've heard knee. What that means is no one knows. No one knows what's going on with the kid, okay? But what we do know is he's not going to play on Saturday. That didn't seem to matter with C.D. Lamb last week, did it? This is a Charleston Rambo type game. This is the type of game where they, where the, where West Virginia says, "Hey, look, guys, we're going to load that box. We're going to roll over the top of C.D. Lamb, and then we're going to see what happens." And UCLA tried that. When Houston tried that, Charleston Rambo had a really big game. Kind of see that maybe maybe taking place again. And the reason why is because CeeDee Lamb had such a big game against Texas. So on film study this week in Morgantown, they're, they're, they're looking at number two. Safeties, you know where number two is on the field. Charleston Rambo, I mean, he had three catches against Texas. Not a lot of damage, though. I would expect that to maybe change this Saturday afternoon. So let me give you guys the watch, offense and defense. Uh, let's start with the defense since we did the defensive uh, schemes first. Um, man, this is a, this is another uh, game for Big Nev. Neville Gallimore needs to be blowing things up. This is a game where Neville Gallimore can eat. It's not a great offensive line. They're not as good as what he faced last week, and he owned the Texas offensive line last week. Neville Gallimore is going to be a beast on Saturday. So, so is Kenneth Murray. He's going to be that cleanup guy. They're, they're starting to bring Pat Fields in on, on blitzes up more often for the safety position. I love that because so far they're having a lot of success with it. So you pick one of those three guys, and you probably can't go wrong when you're talking about who your defensive player to watch is going to be. For me, it, I'm, I'm going to stick with Nev. Stick with Neville Gallimore because this defense feeds off of the disruptive performance, the disruptive presence that he is. The further he penetrates into the offensive backfield, the better this defense is. So give me give me Neville Gallimore up front. Give me Kenneth Murray and that second uh, second layer of the defense. And give me a guy like Buki. Give me the ball hawk to come up with a big turnover this week. Offensive side of the ball, I mean, pick a running back. They're going to have big games. You know, the, the streak was broken with Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre was the only guy to have scored a touchdown, only running back to have scored a touchdown in every game this season. Uh, he did not get into the end zone against the Texas Longhorns, so that streak is broken. I don't think that – I mean, there is something to be said about, hey, we're going to give you some carries because we, we know you got this streak going on. And then once that streak ends, well, okay, there's really not the big incentive there anymore. There's some merit to that. But 
That's not why Ramondre Stevens getting the number of carries he's getting. Ramondre Stevens is seeing the amount of playing time that he's seeing because he's that good. You get beat up by Trey Sermon, you get winded chasing Kennedy Brooks, and Ramondre Stevens comes in and just straight up gut punches you. He's the bully in this backfield. And kudos to Lincoln Riley for finding the right way to use him. So give me a running back. You know, I, I've already told you, I, I, I think Rambo's the guy to watch this week. Of course, Jalen Hurts. If I had to pick one in that group, I feel like this is the Trey Sermon type of week. No carries last week against Texas. I do feel like they're going to make up to him, make that up to him. So give me some Trey Sermon in that. Hey, did you know that the uh, the field of undefeated teams is dwindling? Of course you knew that. We're through seven weeks of the college football season. But what does that mean when it comes to the college football playoff? All right, Oklahoma fans. Sooners scored a big win over Texas last Saturday. Now they have the West Virginia Mountaineers coming to Norman this week. Obviously, that matchup speaks for itself. Of course, on the field isn't the only action on this game. My bookie takes it to the next level. Not only your point spread and total, but my bookie offers in-game wagering. So you can track the action and movement as the game takes place. Game props, playoff odds, national championships odds, they're all available as well. Oh, and you can't forget the Heisman Trophy odds. You can check and see how Jalen Hurts is doing week by week. The last check, the Sooners were favored by 33 points over the Mountaineers with a game total of 63. And that just scratches the surface. We've teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. You sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, and they will match your first deposit. Again, the promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we're another week closer to the football playoff poll. Is that what it's called? It's a poll. College football playoff poll. There you go. I said it better that time. We're another week closer today coming out. Right now you've got, um, well, here's what you got to do. I mean, it is to the point, seven weeks into the season, where you just kind of got to start looking at the matchups. You start looking at the undefeated teams out there. I mean, if you're not in a power five, I'm sorry. We got to say goodbye to you. That, that means SMU. You're out. Boise, we love you, but you're out. Appalachian State, hey, we still remember that 2000 upset win over Michigan, but that does you no good in making the college football playoff. You're out. Clemson, Clemson runs the ACC. Clemson Tigers are the only undefeated team right now in the ACC. I mean, you, look, they're, they're like Oklahoma in the Big 12. You don't count them out until someone beats them. So give me Clemson. Give them one of the four spots. At this point right now, everybody, we got a new blood. We got new people in the playoffs. Okay. But Clemson's going to be there. There's no one in the ACC to stand up to them. They're the defending national champions. They're going to run the table. They're going to win the ACC championship. And there's no reason to keep them out. If you want someone new in there, <laughs> get better. Find out what happened to Florida State. Big 12 has Oklahoma and Baylor. Hey, look, Matt Rule's doing a good job down in Waco. Matt Rule, you, you can't 
You can't not appreciate what Matt Rule's doing in Waco. But are they the best team in the Big 12? Are they the second best team in the Big 12? I know in our, our weekly power poll, our, our, our Big 12 power rankings that we have at Heartland Sports, we've got Baylor number three right now. But does that mean they're better than Oklahoma State? Are they better than Iowa State? Well, yeah, they beat them. Are they better than Texas? Are they better than TCU? I, I don't know. I don't know how sold I am on Baylor right now. But here's the thing. Oklahoma's going to have their shot. Sooner's going to go to Waco, and they're going to play the Bears in Waco. I, I think it's potentially could be a wake-up call. Baylor's good, okay? They're already bowl eligible. If, 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 you're, if you're a Baylor fan, you can't help but be happy and excited about this team. If you're not a Baylor fan, you can't help but make comparisons to Texas Tech. I'm sorry. That's what it is. In my mind, I'm thinking Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury, Red Raiders, 5-0, 6-0, and then they drop five games in a row. They drop four games in a row. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to Baylor, but I'm saying, man, if I'm looking at the undefeateds, I think right now one of those playoff spots goes to Clemson, one of those spots goes to Oklahoma. For the same reason we're not counting Clemson out, we're not counting Oklahoma out. Kings of the conference until otherwise proven. Right now, Baylor in ranked, what, number 18 in the country? 6-0? I mean, they're in the conversation, not for a playoff spot, but they're in the conversation in the Big 12 championship race, which is a more than a lot of people would have given them credit for. I think it's more than I would give them credit for three months ago when you're in the summer and you're trying to figure out what to talk about in the Big 12 and guys that could be contenders and spoilers. My pick was Iowa State, which, by the way, that pick isn't dead yet. Pick's behind the eight ball, but it's not dead. I think Oklahoma. Let's give them that spot. That means we have 50% of the playoff left. I want to talk about the SEC next. Because in the SEC, you've got Alabama and you've got LSU. Now, this is going to be interesting to watch, and here's why. In, in the years past, you know, everybody remembers you got Georgia and Alabama making it into the college football playoff. So it leaves open the argument, leaves open the gateway for the SEC to get two teams in. But here's why I don't think that's the case this year. The reason why is this. They're both in the same division. They, they both play in, in, in the West. When Georgia and Alabama both got in, Georgia is obviously in the East, Alabama's in the West, and they met in the, in the SEC championship game. Georgia pulls the upset, but it's still Alabama, right? So Georgia gets in because they won the SEC. Alabama gets in, well, because they're Alabama. That scenario does not come into play this season because they're both in the West. They're going to play in the regular season. They're, one of them is going to win. One of them is going to lose. But they're not going to meet in the, in, the, in the SEC championship game. 
Now, Georgia could be in the SEC championship game. Florida could be in the SEC championship game. They're both sitting on a loss already. The SEC is not getting two teams in this year. Let's say Alabama beats LSU, which is the most likely scenario. People are going to forget about LSU. Right now, they're the number two team in the country, and everyone's talking about the the SEC getting two teams in the playoffs. It's not going to happen, folks. Because one of those teams is going to lose, and the other team is going to go on to the SEC championship game. And there's zero chance Florida's getting in, zero chance Georgia's getting in if they lose to Alabama. If the SEC gets a one-loss team in, it's going to be out of the East. It's going to be Florida pulling off the upset. It's going to be Georgia pulling off the upset. But Alabama losing to a one-loss team in the SEC championship game, at that point, the tide don't make it. The SEC is not getting two teams in this year. Which moves us to the Big Ten. And now you got to think about the possibilities. I, I, I am not a, uh, I'm not a guy who's going to talk a lot about the Big Ten. I'm not a guy who's been impressed with the Big Ten. I, hey, look, I'm, I'm that guy that's, that's dogged on the Big Ten. I, I'm that guy that said the Big Ten, you know, they always kind of poop on the field, so to speak, at some point. Every year you hear about Ohio State. Every year you hear about Wisconsin. Every year you hear about Penn State. And then something happens, and then you're like, holy crap, what was that? How did Ohio State get blown up by Maryland? You know, that, I mean, it happens. But when you look at the Big Ten, you got Ohio State and you got Penn State, same division, same division, both undefeated. They're going to play each other, and one of those teams is going to the Big Twin, Big Ten championship game. Sorry, Michigan, you're out. I mean, anybody, anybody who doesn't believe that Michigan's out, you're just you're a Michigan fan. Michigan's out. They're done in this race. And then you go to the 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 um, to the West division. Of the Big Ten. By the way, aren't you glad that the Big Ten finally got rid of like the leaders and the legends divisions? But you go to the West and Minnesota, the Golden Gophers sitting at 6-0. They are the Baylor of the Big Ten. They're the team that everyone's like, hey, yeah, Minnesota's 6-0. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet there's a couple of you who are listening to this podcast. You had no idea Minnesota was undefeated until I just said that. Same way when you talk about Baylor and other conferences. People are like, oh, Baylor's undefeated? How'd that happen? They must not have played anybody. I mean, that's the argument you make for Minnesota. But dang, Wisconsin's good. They've got a good running game. They've got a solid defense. They play Big Ten football. So let's say you have undefeated Ohio State against undefeated Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Then you have a scenario like we saw with Alabama and Georgia. The possibility of a one-loss Big Ten team getting into the playoffs is very real because of this fact right here. They're going to... Every week, Wisconsin wins. Every week, Ohio State wins or Penn State. 
moves us one step closer to the legitimate possibility of the Big Ten getting two teams into the college football playoff. Especially if Oklahoma loses. Especially if Alabama stumbles. Someone takes down Clemson. People are going to start turning their attention to the Big Ten. And that's why I think this season, right, the way things are right now, two, a one and a half months into the season, Oklahoma can't afford to lose. This is a year where Oklahoma literally cannot afford to lose a football game based on the way things stack up right now. Speaking of the way things are stacking up, full slate of games coming up this weekend for the Big 12. All right, let's talk about some Big 12 action this weekend. Five games, all 10 teams are going to be involved this weekend. Um, and you got to be excited about that. If you're a football fan, that means you can basically do wall-to-wall football all day on Saturday. Unless you got to get up and go to 11 a.m. kickoff. Then you got to wait till you get home around 3.30, 4 o'clock, depending on where you go to eat after the game. Let's talk about this. Iowa State at Texas Tech. This is a big game for both teams. Cyclones 4-2, and two, Red Raiders 3-3. Three and three. Iowa State a 7-point favorite. I think they win this game by more than 7. Don't take this money to the bank. Please, please, please. And sometimes I'm really bad at picking games. Texas Tech with a heartbreaker last weekend in Baylor. They should have beaten Baylor, but they lost. Botched call, double overtime. Bears undefeated. Red Raiders 3-3. Three and three. How are they going to respond to that? Iowa State seems to be gaining momentum. Brock Purdy seems to be getting uh, control of that offense. I've picked the Cyclones. I know if you listen to this podcast, you, you know what's up right here in this pick. I picked the Cyclones to be in the Big 12 championship game, and I got to stick to that pick because the Cyclones still have to play Oklahoma. That means if this if this is going to happen, if they're going to make it to Arlington, for this first Saturday in December, they're going to have two conference losses. So they can't afford to lose another one. So basically what I'm telling you is I'm going to be picking out Iowa State. I'm going to pick them every weekend from this point forward. Except for when they play Oklahoma. TCU at Kansas State. 1.30 kickoff Central Time. The Horn Frogs three and a half point favorites. I can't figure out Kansas State. I I keep thinking about that that win at Mississippi State, and I know Mississippi State not that good. I get it, but then they go and they just they lay an egg in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. Guess what? Oklahoma State not that good. I think this is a close game. I think that point spread's right there. I mean, 20, was it three and a half points? I, I think this game's like a 28 to 24 type game. I think TCU gets out of there with about a four point win. I mean, I, it, and it could be, it could be a route. It, it could be a blowout. It could be a, a TCU blowout. It really could be. But the truth is nobody knows. Uh, nobody knows what they expect from Kansas State. Baylor at Oklahoma State, 3 o'clock game on Fox. Um, This is the game you're going to want to get home from Norman to see. I think this is the Big 12 game of the week. I think it's an uber-competitive first half. 
homecoming in Stillwater. It's going to be great weather, 75 degree, partly cloudy, a kickoff. This is going to be a fun game to watch. But this is going to be a game where Oklahoma is going to make mistakes. I'm just calling. Tell me if you've not seen this pattern. Tell me how this will be any different. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to be homecoming. That means there's going to be pressure. And look, there's coaches in the Big 12 Conference that you want coaching your team under when in pressure-packed situations. Mike Gundy's not one of those guys. Oklahoma State, a four-point favorite in this game. Cowboys are going to lose this game by about 10 points, in my opinion. Because there's going to be mistakes. So you're going to make mistakes on the coaching from the coaching aspect, and you're going to see mistakes on the field, be it a turnover, be it a, a miss, a misassignment on defense. Baylor's, I don't, I don't believe Baylor is as good defensively as what we've seen from them. I don't believe that. So I think this is a game where Chuba Hubbard has 150 plus rushing yards. This is a game where Tylen Wallace has crazy numbers as well. But it's also going to be a game where mistakes are going to be made. And Mike Gundy is going to go into the shell. And he's going to try a fake field goal that's just going to blow up in his face. I mean, this it's going to happen along those lines. And Baylor's going to take advantage of that. Why I don't believe the Bears are as good defensively as what we've seen. I think they're pretty dang good offensively. They've got five guys on their team with over 100 rushing yards. Now you think seven seven weeks into the season, 100 rushing yards isn't that spectacular. Well, it's not unless you've got five guys with over 100 rushing yards. This is a balanced rushing attack. Oh, and by the way, Oklahoma State can't stop the run. I think Baylor, I would expect Baylor to do what I expected Kansas State to do. Now, Oklahoma State's going to load up like they did against Kansas State, and that's where Charlie Brewer, that's the difference. Charlie Brewer can beat you. Kansas State didn't have a quarterback that could beat Oklahoma State. Charlie Brewer can do that. So uh, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a tight game through two and a half, three quarters. I do expect mistakes, and those mistakes are what's going to cost Mike Gundy this game. Just a humble man's opinion. Kansas at Texas. Everybody wants to relive the glory days. Not going to happen. Jayhawks will fall to 2-5 and five on the season. The Longhorns will improve. And I, again, I, to what? So 5-2. Five, five and two, Sorry, I left you hanging there. I, I think this, this money line, this, the point spread's right on, on track. Texas is a 21-point favorite. I, I think this will be around. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I can see it being like a, a 38-17 type game. I think to be right on. The, I think Texas three touchdowns better than Kansas. That leads us to the big pick: Oklahoma, West Virginia, Sooners, and the Mountaineers. You know, West Virginia has never beaten Oklahoma since becoming a member of the Big Twelve Conference. Oklahoma, perfect seven and zero record against the Mountaineers, makes West makes Oklahoma the only Big Twelve team West Virginia has failed to beat since joining the conference. Sooners are 33 and a half point favorites to over under on this game, 63. Give me the Sooners. I wouldn't take that point spread though. Whether you take the line that's on ESPN or whether you take the my bookie line, I wouldn't take it. 33 and a half or 33, staying away from that. 
because Oklahoma is notoriously bad against covering the spread. They are. I mean, I'm sorry. They're really good if they're underdogs, but they're never underdogs. Oklahoma's one of those teams that has overinflated spreads. And I think it'll be close. 33, and a half, 33 or 33 and a half point favorite. I think they win this game like 31. Here's my official score prediction. Oklahoma 52, West Virginia 21. That's 31 points, which is a nice win for the Sooners, but not nice enough to cover a 33-point spread. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Sooner Nation podcast. I'm Matt Hofeld. Uh, Heartland-sports.com is where you can find our content on the internet. We'd love to hear back from you. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Sports Heartland, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Uh, Give us some thought. Give us some feedback on the podcast. If we say something you agree with or something that you disagree with, we want to know about it. Give us some discussion topics. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Have a great weekend.